Hello, you're listening to the Beyond Conception podcast with your host, Shalmika, and a.k.a. Hattie's daddy. Desmond Sweet. If fertility goes beyond the conception of a child, it's not only hard to conceive a baby, but how do you handle this inconceivable situation? This podcast explores our infertility journey as we provide you with your dose of faith, hope, love, and laughter in everything that is beyond your conception. On today's episode, episode three, we are talking about communication. Can you hear me now? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? And I want to preference this that we are not therapists or medical doctors. Um, We are just a couple sharing our infertility journey, providing you with information based on our experiences. So as we talk about this communication, you know, examine your relationship and see if you're having problems within your communication style with your partner. And if it is something that is a crack in your foundation concerning communication, as we talked about in episode two last week, you check that out. It's called Sure Foundation. Um, you want to get that checked out and see a professional, whether it be marital counseling or as we talk about certain things in this episode that may be highlighted to you and your relationship, um, have that conversation with your partner. So let's dive into it and unpack this communication. Um, because when we talk about communicating, um, there's never really a conversation or I should say for me, of how to properly communicate. Right. We just kind of learn how to communicate through our early interactions with you know, our parents or whoever our caregiver was growing up, siblings, um, you know, teachers or peer relationships that you have. Mm-hmm. And it typically the conversation around communication happens when you get in trouble. Yeah. And yeah. then it's like... Well, you shouldn't have said that yeah. or that was wrong or how could you say that differently? The whole we need to talk. We need to talk kind of thing. But it was never a conversation priming you on how to talk to someone to avoid confrontation or how to handle a situation. And, and that's my experience. It could have been different for others. Um, but it was always that part of instead of being proactive, reactive mm-hmm. in your communication style. And so we know communication is key. Uh, We always hear that cliche. Communication is key. Communication is key. It's very important to communicate. You have to properly communicate and articulate what it is that you want. But it's not an easy thing. Right. Because there are so many ways to communicate in unhealthy ways. Mm -hmm. And so improper communication, I feel, can be devastating to what it is that you're looking to accomplish. Because... The way we approach it and the way we come at it will completely derail the information that we're looking to communicate Mm -hmm. if we're not doing it effectively. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so communication, according to um, Merriam-Webster Dictionary, is a process by which information is exchanged between individuals through a common system of symbols, signs, or behavior. Mm -hmm. And then there are various ways of communicating. You know, you have your verbal and nonverbal communication. So verbal, what you say, mm-hmm. and then nonverbal is not what you say. Like all it's, the nonverbal communication I give you during this podcast. Yes, and vice versa. I give you <laughs> the eye contact, you know, body language. Right. All those things are the nonverbal. Um, and then the writing, of course. We have emails, text messages. Throwback communication. Throwback communication, right? That's how we started. 
mm-hmm. via emails. Mm-hmm. We knew each other, and then we, you sent me emails talking about how we you didn't know. Toe. We didn't know each other like the Bible say know each other. No, we didn't know each other we in did. an intimate way, right? A sexual way. We knew we, of each other, right. I should say. And then you kept sending me those emails trying to take me to lunch, and I was like, no, I got to check my calendar. And then you were like, well. Stop the communication. <laughs> you were. You like, ain't nothing else to talk about. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. Gina, Gina, Gina. Go in leave. communication. And I was like, wait, hold on. Okay, well, we go out this date. And we've been communicating like, ever since. we go since. out tonight. No. I did not. <laughs> I did not. I did not say we go out tonight. Like you a, said, you go call your crew. I go call my no, crew. We can not, rendezvous. Uh-uh. At the bar round two. <laughs> that's not what I said. I think I gave you about a week. It was about a week later. And, but we communicated and we had that um, exchange of information and we shared our phone number and you have my email address and you picked me up and we've been communicating ever since now. And then you have visual communications and, and there's all types of ways that we communicate with people. You know, you're hearing this um, podcast as a form of communication and you know that. Mm-hmm. But we don't always do it right and if communication is key that key is used to unlock a door right and in unlocking that door hopefully we're trying to gain understanding because you know as we try to communicate something is to convey a message and sometimes it's lost in translation Mm-hmm. And people don't always get it. And so for communicating, um, it says to get wisdom, according to Proverbs 4 and 7. You know, that famous scripture that we always hear, wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. And all I get and get an understanding. Mm-hmm. And it leads out with saying with wisdom. And I think that that is key because if we have wisdom, the ability to discern um, in relationships and have insight and that's what wisdom looks at and having a good judgment but ju- good judgment and common sense ain't always common for people right. what you think is right I may think wrong and what you think is wrong I may think is right mm-hmm. and so it's the wisdom in discerning in relationships really on how to communicate you reminded and, me of my aunt when you said that what common sense isn't always common yeah, well, I took that from your aunt. She Thank always you. says that. Thank you, Aunt Curl. So, yeah, she does say that. And that the reality is it's not. And going back to what I was saying earlier is that a lot of times we are reactive in our mm-hmm. communication approach instead of being proactive. And so I know that for us, you know, infertility, like anyone, I should, it's just not you know, common to us, but infertility just happened. It's a medical condition. Right. It was nothing that we did. Um, or that caused this and now we're faced with this new situation that led to different conversations that we weren't prepared for Mm -hmm. and so since we didn't have a reference point Mm -hmm. we were just figuring it out and I'm sure somebody listening probably can relate to that because it's like what is this how do we handle this Mm -hmm. and it's so much coming at you, you're inundated sometimes. And, and with I think it's so important. I'm glad you brought up when you're early on in a relationship and you've just learned that you're dealing with infertility, uh, because I think we'll talk about the stages a little bit here. But when you're early on in a relationship, you just realize that you're dealing with infertility. Mm-hmm. Communication is key because you got to come up with a playbook. 
Yeah. You got to know how are we as a couple going to attack this? Mm-hmm. Are we going to continue to try without assistance? Are we going to seek assistance? Are we going to mm-hmm. look for other ways of creating a family? Like, and then I think timelines is good. Like, mm-hmm. we're going to do this phase for this mm-hmm. many months. And then we're going to transition into this phase. And then we're going to look at this phase. Because mm-hmm. I think if you just wait and kind of fly by the seat of your pants and allow whatever will happen will happen. Mm-hmm. And there's no communication there. You have two individuals with two visions of what this process and this journey should look like. Yeah. Yeah. And essentially, I think you're going to be headed for a disaster. Yeah, it is a disaster um, because you really have to know your partner. Mm-hmm. And this is why, you know, having a good foundation is good. But at the same time, going back to what I was saying earlier about wisdom, if I start to notice, and particularly, let's say the woman, because typically we are the first ones to get an inclination. Something is not right. Mm -hmm. We have that wisdom, that discernment within ourselves Mm -hmm. to know our body to say, you know, I haven't gotten my period or I'm noticing certain health changes or physical changes, Mm -hmm. mood changes. And we are more, and I hate to say stereotypical, but as women, more expressive Mm -hmm. to communicate what we are feeling or noticing and Verbal. Well, we're very You're more expressive okay. in your verbal communication. Okay, so I wish people were seeing this right now because your hands and you're doing like C- puppet hands. Because we communicate. <laughs> yes. It's just not verbal. We give you a lot of signs that are letting you know. <laughs> like you're giving me a sign. How now. we feel about certain situations. Yes. Y'all just be talking. Right. A lot of times. Right. And you're right. I can't disagree with that. But it goes back to even knowing... You So even if I'm trying to talk to you about something, like I know when your head hits the pillow, I've learned that I can't have pillow talk with you. I, some couples... Yeah, pillow talk is me and the Lord. Yeah, <laughs> right. I would love... And I and there's a certain window I can catch you at. You better catch me in the car talk. And yeah. I get that from my daddy. <laughs> we do a lot of good talking on road trips. Yes, you're a very good talker on road trips. But I'm going back to this pillow talk thing. So you go there. Yeah, but I know there's a certain I window. Just thinking about. It. I know when your <laughs> I know when your breathing changes. I know how your body positions. You're shut down, so I can't talk about nothing heavy or just even trying to Nobody shoot the breeze. Nobody stopping you from talking. <laughs> You just don't need to expect a response. I don't get a response. Right. And I'm trying to have a dialogue. I don't want to have a monologue. I want to talk to you, but I know that's not the time. So using wisdom, that's not an appropriate time to talk to you. Mm -hmm. Um, There's other instances. If you're like doing things that are like Desi related, you're trying to focus and do stuff on you. Or non-Desi related, like building a shelf. Well, yeah. Stuff well, that's that not the fall time. In my of course, that's not a time to talk to you. But it's really knowing your partner and knowing when to talk. You know, I, you're really good at when I tell you, like, "Hey, I need to talk to you." You are embraceive of that, and you set aside the time to talk to me, and we have a conversation about it. I know some of the best times where we talk too is even like in the kitchen, if we're cooking, mm-hmm. we're good. We're that family, we still sit down um, at the table and we have dinner, that's a good talk time. Mm-hmm. You know, the car is a good time and talking to you. Mm-hmm. If we're sitting up and watching TV, and you've never been that guy to where even if you're watching sports, 
and I need to talk to you. Mm-hmm. I will, but I know that that's something you enjoy. So I always try to infringe upon that mm-hmm. um, privilege for you. And you always make me something that I want to eat. And that's so sweet. Isn't that so sweet? Mm-hmm. You like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chicken it's, and dumplings tomorrow. Yes, you said you wanted that. So I'm, I got you. I'm that. Yeah, you're communicating. Clear. I heard you and I told you I got you. Right, so now. I'm, I'm going to make those chicken and dumplings for you tomorrow. But yeah, so it's like really knowing when to communicate. So that is key too in your communication. Yes. Is knowing when to hold it and knowing when to fold it and then knowing yes. when to walk away. Yes. So, and that's on both parties because I heard you throwing out some stuff there for me. When are some good times to talk to me? Um,. Definitely not when you're on your wind down, because when you're on your wind down, you are you've changed your your time, your your stuff that you do, though. So like your wind down used to be like media takeout and people you keep bringing up this media takeout and people. But now out. you're shifting. I can't. No, you're no, no. Shifting. No. Yes. No. Yes. You can leave it out there. Uh-uh. You're shifting now and your wind down now is when you do things to try to study how to do our social media brand better, how to do our podcast better. So I don't really bother you on your wind down. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if there's a certain time. There's just a certain mood. Oh, that's good to know. That, and I would agree with that. That I can just tell when you're open for conversation or when you don't want to talk about it. Because there's sometimes where you just don't feel like talking. Mm-hmm. And so I do my best not to bother you. You're right. And there are times because honestly, now I'm. it sounds ironic. I'm doing this podcast and we both talk for a living. Mm-hmm. And so some days I am tapped out talking yeah. and I don't want to talk. And then I'm like naturally introverted and I like being to myself and my thoughts. And so I have these spurts of wanting to like communicate when I'm like, I have an aha moment mm-hmm. or really trying to, you know, get something off my chest. But with me, I, I agree on that. It's all about my mood and how I feel and talking because I'm a very feeling person, you know. Even with my personality code INFP, you know, I'm a feeler. So And so all of this stuff came by trial and error, right? Yeah. So it's not something that we expected to know each other like overnight. So early on in the relationship and early on in dealing with infertility, there will have to be a lot of scaffolding, if you will, or mm-hmm. calendaring your talks or really trying to gain an understanding because you're learning your partner but as you begin to grow you begin to learn what the opportunities look like for a conversation and when they can be had and everything's not going to be perfect something Mm -hmm. is going to be like we got a fire we need to put this fire out i don't care if this is a good time for you or not it has we have to make a decision we got a doctor's appointment or something like that but with that being said i had to learn that every conversation was not a decision making conversation yeah because Ooh, that's good to know. you know that I always listen with a mind to fix, mm-hmm. listen with a mind to solve. Because as I talked about in some of the earlier podcasts, when you're disturbed, I'm disturbed. So it's all about trying to get you back to where we need you to be. Mm-hmm. It's all about, listen, the tire is flat. Let's get some air in the tire. Now we need to go somewhere, we can go somewhere. Mm-hmm. But everything is not about a solving conversation. Sometimes... Right. It is just for you to be heard. Yeah, to vent. And and it's not to take personal Mm -hmm. either. Because a lot of times it is not about you. 
as much as it is about the problem, the situation mm-hmm. at hand. Yeah. And sometimes people get, it's friendly for fire when you are talking about something, you're passionate about it. And at times, if we're honest, it may be about you because you may be upset or trying to place blame mm-hmm. because, again, as Bishop Jake said, your emotions don't have a home mm-hmm. and you're just, you know, shooting darts mm-hmm. and you're in the crossfire and you get hit. So, yeah, you really have to know that not to take things personal, but then have that open and honesty to say, you know, you hurt me or I did I hear you say this mm-hmm. or is this really how you feel? How are we going to do this? No, it's not time to fix it. But what do you want? Like, what is the conclusion of the matter? Like, what do you want from this mm-hmm. conversation? Where, where are we going with that? So with that said, it's also not assuming, you know, yeah. because if we feel that there is a concern that should be discussed with your spouse, you know, not to feel that there is a problem, but it's that actively, are you actively trying? So say, for instance, if you are trying to conceive, are you planning to get pregnant? Or, you know, some people aren't really, like you said earlier, having those timelines. Yeah. So if you're noticing it's not happening in that time frame, then one partner may, may be like, oh, it's we're fine. Right. Don't worry about it. Right. It's going to happen. Right. Which, and is the typi- other, which is typically the man. Yeah. And yeah. then, yeah, because that was me. And I was like, well, no, it should have been happening. We've been trying mm-hmm. for so many months and it's not happening. And we don't just go through high school like studying. Oh, when you get married, if you are practicing unprotected sex for three months and you have not conceived, something may be wrong. Yeah. We just think it's normal. And that's a whole nother conversation and podcast about redoing sex education to even include the infertility piece. Yeah. Because you're always taught, communicated to not to get pregnant and the preventive preventative measures to um, avoid pregnancy, but never, if you've been actively engaging in sex and you're not getting pregnant, then that's a whole nother conversation. Um, but yeah, it's the assumption that, well, does my partner really want a child mm-hmm. or are we really trying? Are, do you, yeah. are you really vested in this? And that can lead to a whole nother heap of emotions. Cause I even had that conversation with you one time. I was like, do you really want this? And it wasn't that I was divested. It was just like, you saw smoke, you felt heat. Yeah. And in your opinion, behind this door, there was a fire. And me, I don't know whether I was just sitting in front of a fan or what, but it, it, <laughs> I didn't understand the urgency Yeah, of there was it. an urgency. And so then you painted the picture of what the urgency was and how what we were dealing with was abnormal through communication. Mm-hmm. We were able to get up to speed and put ourselves both in the same vehicle trying to march toward a common goal. Yeah, and uh, sometimes there's always a lack of communication or could be a lack of communication due to fear, shame, you know, things like guilt. And then not knowing what or how to communicate. Because, again, we're not taught to deal with stuff of this nature. And there could be a fear that I know that I had a fear that, will I ever get pregnant? Mm -hmm. And then the shame associated with the infertility and then dealing with miscarriages and guilt and stuff like that. So at times, I didn't know how to express that and dealing with that turmoil turmoil within myself or even trauma from other experiences and dealing with infertility at large because it was just so so much to bear which is painful enough yeah just being at a position to where you didn't know 
whether you would be able to get pregnant or not. Mm -hmm. That's painful enough. Now, if you have cut off means of communication between you and your partner, Mm -hmm. and these heavy feelings, you can't communicate them Mm -hmm. to the one that you love, that's a whole nother level of pain. It's a whole nother level of pain, and then it also impedes upon your intimacy and your sex life because I know there were times that I felt that I thought having sex was worthless because right. I was looking at it for the point of the goal is to get pregnant. Right. And if I'm not getting pregnant, yeah, I love you. And why are we doing this? Like it right. made no sense. And right. that may sound crazy. Maybe I'm the only one. I don't know, but I doubt that I'm alone in that. But I was just like, if the results aren't happening, so why are we doing this? And it started to weigh heavy on our sex life. And it was just, sometimes I was just like, why are you even attracted to me? Why are we trying to do this? And you were trying to say, what's from a love space? It has nothing to do with your ability to conceive. Mm -hmm. It's that I love you. So it's dealing with all those levels. And we spent some time not having that conversation. Yeah. We spent some time just, and I'm like, well, what's going on? How are you feeling? And you were just like, no, I'm okay. It was fine. It was good. And I'm like, "Mm." Something yeah. is missing. It was missing. a disconnect. Right. It wasn't that passion, that true intimacy, that whole engagement. I was disconnected because mm-hmm. I felt that I, it's all null and void. And we talked in season one about going through the motions. Yeah. And so this wasn't necessarily that same going through the motions of you got to clock in because we're mm-hmm. following a plan and we're following a path. I was just having windows. sex because it was what I was supposed to do as a wife right. versus doing it from a place of love and connecting and bonding and intimacy with my husband. I just felt I was going through the motions to satisfy you, but it wasn't necessarily it for was my a, own satisfaction. And you know how we are with our analogies. Mm-hmm. It was like you were cooking a meal mm-hmm. that we would never eat. Yeah. Mm, cooking a meal that we wouldn't eat. I was just cooking dinner and then just putting it in the trash. Just walk away. Walk away <laughs> like, huh. <laughs> 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 now, that's now that's over. <laughs> he's got his pride in here. <laughs> yeah. Because, again, it was going back to that pl- place of pain. Yeah. And really wanting something so bad and I felt that I couldn't get it. It wasn't attainable for me. Mm-hmm. So it was just like, why? What the heck? You want it? Okay, let's do it. And I remember there were times where we stopped and yeah. you were like, you're not here. Mm-mm. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. and I appreciate you for that because some men probably would have kept going. Like the man on way to exhale. Stop. Oh my gosh. The man was on his breathing and sweat. And she looking at him like, she was like, Rrr. she like, Rrr. I did not marry a dog. No, you didn't. Right. You were like, we need to figure this out. What in the heck is going on with you? But then if you have medical conditions too, your Mm -hmm. libido may just be low. Mm -hmm. And so it's so many things to dissect and unpack with infertility. I mean, in everybody's situation is different and that's some of mine, but it was really hard um, to communicate that to you because I didn't want you to feel that I wasn't attracted to you Mm -hmm. because I still loved you. And yes, I was attracted to you. My eyes weren't looking anywhere else and trying to sleep with somebody else. And I want to stop you there yeah. because I see a potential roadblock to, mean, to communication as you were describing that. Okay. And that roadblock is my partner won't understand. Yeah. And if we have a preconceived notion that what we're getting ready to express mm-hmm. or what we 
should be expressing that our partner won't understand mm-hmm. it, then that can cut off the road to communication. Mm-hmm. It is not your job to determine what your partner will understand before you give them that opportunity. And that's the assumption. Yeah. Right? And that's that whole assumption part because I did a lot of assuming and I did a lot of just trying to like, well, hide within myself or figure it out. You know, mm-hmm. I've always just naturally and I've learned how to um, seek help and to let people in instead of just internalizing stuff and not necessarily, you know, reaching out as I should. And even in our relationship. But yeah, I was assuming and I would do things just to appease you, even though if it wasn't appeasing for me, because I felt like that's what I needed to do. So that way you were okay. Yeah. And I was just painting inside so yeah that didn't work out well but now um yeah we worked through that and even talking about like i said before a lot of things come up in this podcast and i'm like oh dang that really happened (laughs) wow so much has happened so much has happened but you have to you know help your partner open up and you helped me do that as i was just saying before and even having that enlightenment within myself that of course knowing that this is not going to get any better unless i communicate and even going back to the nonverbal lang- um, body language and just not in what we say, but in what we do and our actions can literally, as they say, be louder than words. And I gave that one example about how that one time I was upset after a doctor's appointment mm-hmm. and I had to go um, watch Nanny and your mom and dad were leaving. I was on the couch just mad because I had gotten like, the doctor was like, well, nothing has changed. Everything's the same. And I had been working so hard yeah. to change, you know, diet yeah. and exercise and all these other things. And I'll never forget this other thing. Um, this other instance of the doctor was right after I had my um, septate removed the first time. Mm-hmm. And it was botched and it didn't heal as it was supposed to. And, and I went, you knew it was botched. And I felt it. I just internally yeah. felt it because yeah. just knowing my body. And I was like, this is something's not right. And I went to the doctor and they were just like, nope, it looks worse, even <laughs> worse this time. And I was so mad. So I had went a few weeks earlier, maybe a month or so earlier, I had bought this um, wire bassinet, just a little memento or a hope, a keepsake or something to give me motivation to continue with um, treatment and, mm-hmm. and aspirations of believing this is going to be my... Have I seen this? Well, yeah, you did. I showed it to you. Well, this is probably why you haven't. Let me finish the story. <laughs> this is probably why you can't remember it. Getting juicy to me. So <laughs> this is probably why you don't remember it. So I had bought this little nice little bassinet. And it was like something you can sit on top of a dresser. And I was going to put it on the changing table. Because I was by faith. I'm going to go out and buy this little bassinet um, decoration, little basket. And when we have our baby, I'm going to put all the diapers in there. And say, I bought this as a token of my faith. Faith mm-hmm. to say that when this baby came, I can point to that and say, you know me, I'm an activator. Where is that bassinet? <laughs> so after this doctor's appointment, I was mad after they told me my step date. And it's like, I don't even know why I was mad. Well, I know I was mad. I was disappointed. Well, because we had called yeah. while we were in the middle of this step tape thing and we asked, yeah. you know, and they were like, oh, everything's normal. Everything's fine. So now it so wasn't fine. So I that could be frustrating. leave the doctor's office. They told me to check out. For, I didn't even check out the front desk. I just storm out. 
And we don't bypass that front desk a few times. Oh yeah, because you're just so <laughs> deflated when you leave an appointment. It's like ain't nothing to talk about. We'll see you when we your see front you. Front desk and jump <laughs> it. Right. So I jumped Take in the that car. front desk and get <laughs> right. So I jump in the car, throw the car in reverse, and I hop on the 51, and I'm just beelining home. And the first thing I thought about, as soon as I get home, I'm taking that fast and I'm throwing it away. <laughs> I was like, I'm done. I'm so done. And so that's why you haven't seen it because I threw it away. So <laughs> I know I put it in the trash can, you know. So I would, but looking at that anger and how that was, that's things like that. You know, you get mad and you don't, you just walk around the house pouting and throwing stuff and it's not, yeah. you're not saying anything, but you can feel the tension, right. the nonverbal communication. And that can be, and you aren't home in that, but there's been times, other instances in our marriage where we have had, you know, the silent treatment or just like, I'm not talking or you can tell someone is frustrated, irritated or sad or yeah. depressed. And you're like, what's wrong? Nothing. Yeah. I'm fine. And even with you, and I know that's typically women, but even with you, I can tell when something's on your mind, like, Desi, what's going on? You're like, no, yes, I'm good. It's all right. And then finally, like, well, you know, I'm like, okay, here we go. And that's fine. But it's going back to the wisdom and trying to discern how that you but have your space. But she only asked me like once. Yeah, once. And, but, but I got to pull out a crowbar, WD-40, and Vaseline to get information What? You. you got to loop me up? Just to get the information Oh, my gosh. You, you got to oil me like the Tin Man? Just to get information out of you. <sighs> and I still don't always get it. Yeah, but... Sometimes, in my defense, I do that because in knowing wisdom, you are a natural, like you said, fixer. And you try to solve things. And there was just sometimes in our journey, you couldn't fix it. And I know that you have a lot of responsibilities and stuff. And so I felt that, and this is going back to an assumption, that I didn't want to add to your load. Okay. And so it was like, this is something that we can't get through. Um, we can't fix it. So why am I, why am I going to bombard you with something else? And then when I felt comfortable to share it or felt like you were in a space to handle it yourself, then I would disclose it to you. Um, but thank God for journals because I have a lot of that. So get a journal too, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Because it saves lives. Yeah. And you look back at it and you can see your growth. You can see how you are feeling in that moment years later or months or even a week or so later. You can notice differences. Mm -hmm. But journaling really helped me. Um, and I've shared one or two videos so far on our um, IG page. But I have a lot of stuff on my phone. Even um, during my whole journey with Hattie, I did journaling on my phone, videos, and where I'm talking to her. And so I've done a lot of just my own um, documenting. Yeah. my experiences and that has helped tremendously for me to um, get things off of my chest Yeah, and I shared some of those with you as well so yeah one thing about communication too is number one um, a lot of information didn't have to be communicated as far as a doctor's appointment because I did my best to go to all of them yeah but the ones I couldn't go to we had a practice to where you would call me as soon as it was out. Yeah. And we would break down the information. We would talk about the details and then we would go through what we felt like next steps would be. And sometimes next steps conversation was that night. Yeah. A couple of days later, we would just stew on the information that we received. 
but we always communicated the facts about what happened at the doctor's appointment. Mm-hmm. Like none of that stuff was secretive. Yes, absolutely. And I'm thankful for that because even with you having a male factor, you communicated that easily to me. It wasn't like you were hung up on an ego or complex. Mm-hmm. And some men are different than others and having challenges of communicating that and feeling if your wife will look at you less than or even a woman or feel that your husband will look at you less than so you have to in your early stages of this come to understanding of having no judgment Mm -hmm. of each other right and understanding that together is how you are getting and again together 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 is how you're going to get through it and being even through all of my crazy (laughs) dealing with this and and I say that open and honestly, and that's things that I've said. People are like, why is she calling herself crazy about it? Because I flipped out. You know, I didn't handle. It was like, infertility, what? Oh, my God, you know. And in that. Why well, sound like Mama Payne, though? Hey, hey, it was what? painful. Yes, it was painful. So with that being said, um, that whole non-judgment, at the end of the day, it was all love. And it was really just trying to push through this darkness, this cloud, this, the ambiguity of it all. Because at times there was just no words. And sometimes there isn't, you can't communicate it. You don't know how to frame it, to articulate it, to convey this message of how you're feeling, what you're experiencing, you know, what you're seeing. Because communication is also visual. So... If the doctor, you know how many pictures they drew of my uterus Mm -hmm. and looking at the various um, tilts or twists and turns and looking at that septum and then looking at what polycystic ovaries look like and then looking at through the um, laroscoposcopy or hysteroscopy. um, Yeah. Can I communicate? Sure. Communicate. Talk away, sir. When they use that ultrasound machine, I have no clue of what I'm looking at. Oh, it is the ultrasound. Oh, right. So you're looking. But you be knowing. You be oh. like, oh, okay. You okay. know. And I, I just be there nodding <laughs> and looking. But I be like, is this, is, where is the Milky Way? What are we looking at? You're so right. So Is that Gemini? Because I've had so many ultrasounds, like I low-key feel like an ultrasound technician. Yeah. Like I know what a uterus looks like. I know where the ovaries are. I, mean, I know I where. squinting and <laughs> You're just like. Edge of my seat like, wow. You you look at it that like it's just a blob. Interesting. And in yeah. the back of my mind, I'm saying I have no clue right as to what i'm looking at and i'm like interpreting information for you well this is that and this is that and this is goes here and that's over there yeah you know after a while you low-key if you're in it for a while you low-key become a expert (laughs) you try to figure this out because so much has been communicated to you so if you're looking at these um visual um perspectives of communication it, it's a lot of information to take in because yeah. it's not only what you're saying, what you're doing, it's what you're seeing, you know, the smells, um, what the broom looks like. You even start to even know what the lubrication smell and all that kind of stuff looks like. It's, yeah. it's a lot, you know, to take in. So you're getting inundated with so much information, but you have to be open and accepting of your partner and what it is that they're doing and even arguing. It's communication. Yeah. And it's not always the best. It's a conflict. 
but even with conflicts, it's having resolution. And so it's trying to find ways of agreement. You know, the Bible says agree with your adversary quickly, you know. And so even if you have to um, be, take the mature route, agree to disagree. Yeah. Um, and again, sometimes you have to keep in perspective that it's not necessarily always about your partner. It's being upset with the situation mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. what is happening in your relationship. Because, again, infertility shatters your World, And that's so powerful when communicating is when you make statements that really add clarity mm -hmm. to the frustration, to mm -hmm. the anger, to the concern, to the fear. Statements like, we're not upset with one another, we are upset with X, yeah. like you said, the situation. Mm -hmm. And in communicating, that allows for that particular item to be isolated. Mm -hmm. to where you two become a team again rather than opponents. Yes. And we talked about that in episode two is yeah. you know who your opponent is, yeah. you know who the enemy is. And to identify that, it's so powerful to do that in communicating. I also feel like communicating allows for that opponent to shrink in size. Mm -hmm. As long as you allow this opponent of infertility to be quiet and in the back room, it is growing and it mm -hmm. is magnifying itself and you all are having dinner and you just, it's like, it's like a child that's in a room or like a flower that's getting rain and you're just ignoring it. You know that when you open that door that that thing is a lot bigger than you expected, mm -hmm. but because no one has talked about it, because no one has viewed it, because no one has brought it to the middle of the dining room table, yeah. it's growing. Yeah, you can't um, brush things under the rug and you just cannot, like you said, ignore. You can't ignore something. That's what brushing under the rug is. But, and hopefully we're not leaving kids in the room unattended. But that's another point. But, no, watch out. But with that said. Watch out, baby. Kick the door down. Right. You have to discuss the problem. Yes. And even what you don't understand, because there's so many gray areas, always asking questions. Even when you go to the doctor's um, appointments. Because you're not only communicating with your spouse, but you're having to have these conversations with doctors. Now, they're the experts in their field, and we're naive. We're coming in, going to them for help because we obviously need assistance. But with that said, um, go in with your questions. Yeah. Have some outline. Yeah. Get clarity. We were always that couple that had tons of questions and if they didn't know, well, who knows? Where can we go to? And I was always the one coming home Googling information. Yeah, was Googling too much. Yeah, and so you have to be careful with that too because sometimes you can try to prescribe things to yourself that's not necessarily true. But then knowing yourself, because part of mine was I knew certain things of myself. I was intuitive and still am intuitive with my body in that way. Um, so I felt that it was okay for me to do certain things, but I do see how at times I did get a little overboard with that. What were you gonna say? But mm -hmm. even if even if you have like a spouse that cannot make it to a doctor's appointment, being on one page with those questions, mm -hmm. because there may be a question that your partner has that you may not be thinking about. Right. And so in your communicating and in your debriefing, and we've had this issue, from a doctor's appointment, you've asked me, well, what about X, Y, and Z? And I'd be like, oh, I didn't ask that. And you said, well, why, why not? Why did you do that? Why did you ask that? 
I wasn't thinking of that. It's I don't know. Really didn't bother me. And you're like, yeah, but if that doesn't work out, then mm-hmm. this isn't going to work out. And we need to know that. And so when you got that doctor pinpointed in the room, you want to have those questions that both of you have come yeah. up with together through communication. Mm-hmm. Because trying to send an email and walk that back and call and talk with a, a medical assistant, an MA, and get that later on. It's just not, it's not as easy as it can be. So proper communication will help alleviate a breakdown in information, especially when you're in these appointments. Yeah, because those appointments are critical. They're life, they're life saving. They are life producing. That's the goal, right? So if you're not getting the information that you need, you feel stalled. And I think that was my um, thing. It was like, well, that's a missing link. Oh my gosh, you are the weakest link. Goodbye. (laughs) No, no. One, like, one piece of misinformation yeah. or one step, you know, that could be another month. It could be another month, right? And when you're thinking of baby, the race for baby, you're like, that should have happened like yesterday, last year. Yeah. We're behind. We got to catch up, yeah. you know, so that communication because of the urgency. Yeah. And even from a woman perspective, I know that I always had that urgency, but there could be men out there that have the urgency. But with that, y'all need to figure it out of what that looks like because you had mentioned earlier about a plan and it's always good to have a plan of of course of and when we say plan talking about if you're seeking fertility treatment Mm -hmm. one Mm -hmm. um what does that look like Mm -hmm. and of course those initial stages Mm -hmm. that are faced because some people are like well you should just go get IVF or IUI Mm -hmm. what doesn't just jump to that there are steps because right. those are more aggressive right, right, forms of right, treatment right. versus where if you go go in and maybe you just need some clomid right. or maybe you just need um, to change your diet or whatever the case may be. Yeah. It could be other modalities that aren't as invasive right. as those two. And if there's a breakdown in communication, you both have two totally different spectrums of what this is going to look like. If you're going to the doctor's appointment, you're talking with whoever that administrative team is they're telling you what insurance looks like Mm -hmm. they tell you how many steps has to be taken you got to do x y and z you got to do this and that in order to be able to qualify yeah for ivf Mm -hmm. and so if you're that partner that doesn't want to hear about it and you just come home and say well when are we going to just do the ivf well that could be very frustrating for one Mm -hmm. partner to have to go through all of this again and say you know what you keep throwing that up right but it's not that easy and it's together Mm -hmm. because even if it's just a female factor and say it's not even a male factor of infertility the male still is part of the treatment most fertility specialists are going to want the man to come in and do a workup and get his sperm checked to make sure the semen analysis and all that to make sure that everything is okay because at the end of the day they're not going to probably and there are some people who have sperm donors but if your husband's sperm is viable he's going to need to be included into that treatment Mm -hmm. and even if you all do get a donor that's still a decision you all should be making and communicating together to make sure that this is in alignment what you want because the last thing you want is a breakdown in your communication or in your marriage to where someone's not on board and that just causes other issues is going back to that whole vestment part and having that conversation you both have to be i can't stress that enough well vested because there's so many layers to this is peeling back that onion and what is prescribed for somebody 
is going to be different for you. Not all fertility treatment is the same. There are things that are fundamental about the process, but every couple is different. And I'm going to say this because we're a podcast of hope. Mm -hmm. You don't want to break down communication now Mm -hmm. because as we prepare for whatever this gift is that God is getting ready to give you, communication has to ramp up even more. Oh, yeah. So it's best for that practice to start now mm-hmm. because that will breeze over for when the baby comes. Yes. Another thing is, is if you begin to march down this path solo, mm-hmm. it begins to bring along that singleness of thinking. Yes. And the last thing that you want to do is give any gateway to the enemy mm-hmm. to start breeding this thinking of singleness. Yeah, I can do bad all by myself. Right, I got right, this. Right. I don't need you. Right. And you do need your partner. Right. You know? Right. And so when you're starting this, you need to have that conversation is going back to your plan. What do we want? Okay, do we want one child? Do we how many children do we want? What doctor, or are we going to even seek doctors? Because there are some people, part of their plan is, I'm not doing fertility treatment. Mm-hmm. But you want to make sure that both people are on board I with that. agree with that. Because someone else could be like, well, I do, and we need it. Right. We've been trying for six months, a month, or a year, or two, and nothing is happening. And I need to go in, you need to go in, we need to figure this out. And you know, especially as believers, I've heard people say, it's in God's hands mm-hmm. and in his timing. Well, part of his timing could be you timing out some doctor's appointments. <laughs> you going on down there and getting a workup. And in communication, we learn the heart of our partner. Yeah. And if we really love our partner and we're communicating and we learn the heart, whether it is fears mm-hmm. of potential fertility treatment or whether it is um, what you feel like may be the repercussions of it, what may be the side effects of it, mm-hmm. why does conception and a baby mean so much to a partner? Right. We learn the heart of a partner. And when we do that, it then puts us in preparation to march forward as a team. Yes. If we don't share a why, yeah. then we're never going to make it to the destination. Right. If we don't share a vision Agreed. and a strategy, yeah. see the strategy comes after the vision. We can't strategize till we understand the vision for yeah. one another. That's right. And if we don't have a joint vision, the same vision on what it's going to look like to make this baby come, then mm-hmm. it is not going to work out. Mm-hmm. So I'm reading a book, and the book is uh, Leading Change. And they talk about a scenario yeah. where there's a group of people standing outside, and there's a leader who sees clouds coming. Mm-hmm. And the group of people are standing outside, and they're getting ready to get soaking wet. Mm-hmm. And the leader looks at the crowd and says, you know what? In order for us to be dry, we need to go stand up under this apple tree. Mm-hmm. And this apple tree will allow for us not to get soaked by the rain. Well, because the people understood the vision, it was natural for them to go into the apple tree. If you don't have that shared vision yeah. of understanding that at the end of the day, this is what we want our family to look like and this is the why, mm-hmm. nobody's going to move. That's right. And you have to, I like that. And I'm a context person, so understanding the why is important important to me and you as well and we had to come to that understanding early on and even with plans revisiting plans because plans change 
and you have to revisit it because say you do go through certain um, procedures and they don't work out then it's revisiting that plan and redeveloping it for the next month Mm -hmm. or you have to go back and do another surgery or you have to wait you get sick or now COVID has happened and certain clinics have been closed down and then they're opening back up and you're trying to work those things out so because don't hold to the plan in detail to where it's like we have to do it this way but be open to change when needed and have that conversation to get back to your why the purpose of this and that end goal together because things happen things happen with that um but then also one form of communication in your um if you're going to do fertility treatment is the whole some people have been held back because they feel they can't afford it. Mm-hmm. And now it is expensive. Mm-hmm. Infertility treatment is, whew, how much money? We spent a lot. A lot. Upwards of 50000 plus. Yeah. And um, there were times where we didn't always have the insurance covering certain things. There were times we had to save and to figure out how are we going to pay for this treatment. Yeah, that's our flexible spending accounts and all that stuff. Yeah. So you have to communicate finance part of that, looking for opportunities. There's certain grants and things available. Your clinic can help you mm-hmm. figure that out in mm-hmm. your communication of it. And if it means that much to you, you need mm-hmm. to be looking at employers yeah. that are very open to IVF and all of that kind of stuff. You know, it, it may be a pay cut, but mm-hmm. it's the right employer that mm-hmm. is lining you up for what the vision of the team is. Yeah. And we got so we got so real and so stacked into it until how we lived. Yeah. And and it it, it, it altered uh, what we would do. Vacations or uh, whatever. Shopping, the case shopping, whatever. Yeah. I mean, it it was our chief focus. Why? Because we had that shared vision. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this in season one. Our whole life was on hold. Yeah. As we were pressing toward trying to have a baby. Mm-hmm. So you have to be on communication in all facets of trying to um, obtain a baby. And even going back to if you're not um, seeking fertility treatment and you're just trying it you know, the old fashioned way, you know, or the original ways. I've heard some people say that I'm like, okay, well, whatever. But if that's what you are going to do, be on board with that because some people are torn and don't allow others. And I'll give this example because, um, I was having a conversation a few years back with someone and her and her husband, after we had shared, you know, our testimony with Hattie and our journey, she came up to me and she said, um, well, I want to do infertility treatment, but the people, right, mm-hmm. in her church circle were saying in conversations that infertility treatment isn't natural and you mm-hmm. shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, are they your partner? And she's like, no. And I said, and when the baby comes, will these people not want to hold the child because this baby was a product of IVF or mm-hmm. IUI or surrogate or whatever? way you're going to build your family she's like no most like that hold on. i was like well who are they and so don't allow others to infringe upon how you communicate and what you decide to do and we've said that before mm-hmm. but i that has to be reiterated because people will always have their opinions mm-hmm. but you have to and that's part of your communication with your partner too not oversharing sometimes with people because 
they don't understand, especially if they haven't had an issue with infertility. Right. They're not going to see it from your lens. These same people that have babies like clockwork. Yeah, and they're not going to see it through your lens. Mm-hmm. And if you have to do what's in the best interest of your family, sure. your, you and your husband. And sometimes I know as women, and there have been situations where I have been um, just talking and bleeding for my pain when I did disclose to certain people. And they were, some empathized well and others gave, you know, the cliches, you just need to relax or all those things you don't want to hear, what you shouldn't say to somebody um, who's having infertility issues. But in your communication with your partner, because of the dynamics of infertility and how individually and maybe collectively you may feel about it, it may not be appropriate to disclose. And we talked about this in the disclosure episode, but... You want to make sure who and when or how or what you're going to share with others because it may make your partner feel a certain kind of way. And then you don't want to cause an an, uh, argument between yourselves because now you feel like you have let other people in who weren't invited. Right. And then you have all these opinions or looks or people just feel a certain way about letting others in. And I know I did at times because I felt like it was none of their business. But sometimes we do have to heal in a way. Um, by communicating to other people and that's in people whom you trust or support groups things of that nature or therapists or whatever it may be i'm looking at that and this one over um communicating with your partner about infertility because infertility would consume you to the point Mm -hmm. uh, that's all you're talking about right right and it's like can we have a break already you have to have a safe word Right. And it's like, stop. Or like how did Mike Tyson say it in that interview that we were watching? Stop. He said, stop. Oh, yeah. But he was talking about something very, um, but we used he that. He couldn't as take a, no more. He couldn't take no more. So we had to create, okay, that's enough. You would tell me all the, all the time, you, you crowding me, like you wearing me out. I can't right now. And I'd be like, okay, that's fine. And then I would feel bad and I'll pause. I was like, I'm not trying to overwhelm you. Um, maybe I didn't have discernment in that moment to know that was a good time to talk to you. And I just didn't even realize that I was talking about it so much. It was yeah. just like baby, 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 and this doctor and this treatment. And, then and not da, only da, da, that, this. you add a lot of details. I do. Like you, you Luke the physician when it comes to the word. And I'm just oh, like, just okay. tell me. Luke, all right. What it is and where we're going with this. So you want me to get to the point. Yeah. But that's your activator. So we have, and that's the thing, the different communication styles. Yeah. But yeah, but anyone, if they're not a Luke or an activator, whatever your um, way of communicating to your partner is, a common theme amongst couples that are suffering from infertility is that you have to talk about other things than your infertility. Yeah. And that's even ways to connect um, and finding things that are of interest to you because before this you had interest you had other conversations so you have to find a way to get back to that because this again consumes your life in a way to where it can be a lot and some people that's even why we took a break because infertility was just the top topic of everything and it was like we we need to do something else we need to back away from this regroup gain a different perspective look at it um in a way that's healthy for us and was starting to get unhealthy in that conversation of that. So oversharing. And then you just have to, at the end of the day, what we can't say, um, we can communicate in prayer to God. Mm -hmm. He's the ultimate communicator. And even with those feelings that we're having, shame, doubt, fear, guilt, embarrassment, um, we don't know what to say. Mm -hmm. 
we can go and God is I don't know what to say you know you know mm-hmm. that's something I always say I say God you know or God I know see. how this may impact my partner my mm-hmm. spouse I need you to prepare the way yeah. go before me go soften before the heart me. Uh-huh. set the atmosphere create an environment yes. where this information can be received yes. so that we can move forward or if you are in the spouse and disconnected and you say mm-hmm. Lord you know my heart mm-hmm. you know where I'm headed with this you know what I want to accomplish and you know the why mm-hmm. I'm praying now for my spouse to see my heart and understand this or God if my heart needs to be altered yeah. to align with my spouse Help me, show me, direct me so that we can be on the same path. And I think that any couple that is wanting to have a child, or because even if the husband or the wife isn't fully vested, um, it's coming from a place of love and wanting to create this person with the person you love and build family. You hope so. And yeah, you yeah you would hope so. Um, and if you're not from that, I think that's a great point. Um, what I was getting at, that's a great point to pray of God, how do I entreat? Because we never had that issue because we both wanted it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there were times where I asked you, um, are you vested? Because there were things in my eye that I felt like you weren't doing to create this child. Mm-hmm. And But at the end of the day, I knew that you wanted it and you wanted to be a father and you were confident in that. But some people may not have that support. So it's really praying, asking God to unite you all and help you to get on the same page and knowing when to talk and how to talk and what to say and what not to say. Um, Because that's wisdom too, and knowing what not to say in that. Um, Even if we look at, I always think about that story um, in the Bible with David and Bathsheba and after you know what he did with Bathsheba's husband had him killed and she got pregnant yeah the first time but that child died Mm -hmm. and so while she was grieving the loss of this child the Lord spoke to David and told him to lay with her and they conceived Solomon Mm. and then um when David went to um he came back from battle and his family was abducted, abducted. I can't mm-hmm. talk, but they were taken away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can't talk. But from the Amalekites. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he prayed to God and said, should I pursue mm-hmm. or not? And the Lord told him to pursue. And so those are great examples of hearing the voice of the Lord to you concerning your situation mm-hmm. and concerning family. Because sometimes with infertility, it's that whole communication of what do I do? Yeah. What are my next steps? Yeah. So we have to, what the doctors can't really convey, we know that we have a God that can speak to us and convey messages to us and unite us to be on a fortified front to tackle this. And we always have the example of Hannah and how she prayed so to where the priest thought she was drunk. And he told her this time next year, you will have your son. So you're going to be good. So we're going to have to pray. And really seek the Lord on that because some things, what we can't say, he can say it for us and speak for us. And there were times too, I even prayed, Lord, word my mouth, give me what to say. Um, And he would do that in those doctor's appointments and even with your spouse and just talking with you on that. So communication is important along your infertility journey. Remember, infertility is a journey and communication is key. It is the key to open up doors of understanding and wisdom. Until we talk again, love on each other, pray for each other, and believe God for everything that is beyond your conception. Mm